Hello there. Redcoat here. And it's time for another little chat on stylized expression, also known as art. Previously, we defined art as that very phrase, stylized expression. And we've explored the two parts of that phrase, style and expression, in previous talks. Now, we're going to, before moving on to another portion of stylized expression, which, in so much as it is ephemeral, is not actually expressed in the definition. Before we get there, we have to explore the style and expression, and specifically their relationship to each other. So let's go ahead and dig in there. The basic concept is that while style and expression can exist in equal measure and can both be equally great within a particular piece, it is with some difficulty that that can be achieved. Generally speaking, if one increases the style of a piece, they decrease the clarity of that piece's expression. And I say this as a statement of in generality. The the profession of artist is specifically navigating this dichotomy and learning how to produce pieces that are sufficiently stylish to draw and compel users to interact with them and express something of worth with clarity, or at least a sem uh, some amount of clarity. And so if we're looking at it from that statement, I mean, we've basically made the statement. So what's a concept of something that leans so heavily in the direction of style that it barely expresses anything at all. I dare say it might even express nothing. The example of this is certain forms of abstract art. Now, abstract art is already an exercise in stylistic exploration. It is more about the techniques employed to create the art than necessarily what the art is representing or saying. Take, for instance, a piece of art that is a bunch of different colors dotted onto a blank canvas. So you have a bunch of dots and there's a bunch of colors, and that doesn't really resolve to a statement about reality or a statement about the nature of the human condition. Uh, it resolves to these are colored dots and this is not necessarily expressed normally in reality, thus my eyes are drawn. And this concept, although it feels very reductive, this concept can be applied to many other forms of abstract art where it's not expressing anything necessarily about reality in any direct sense, but it is drawing your attention. And so the, so the art is languishing in the initial question of every piece, which is, why am I here? Why does this exist? And the thing about abstract art is that on some level, 
the answer to that question doesn't actually exist. They, other than, other than the tautological one, which is specifically, I exist because I exist, because the artist wanted me to. And so there's something to that angle of um, the abstract art where it exists because the artist wanted it to exist, not because it has any particular use or, or particular statement about the nature of reality itself. But the interesting thing is in so doing of creating a piece without an answer, or rather creating a question without an answer, the user is left to contemplate the piece and derive their own answer. And this is of importance when we're talking about the concept of the push and pull of stylization, stylization versus expression. Because now the piece, since the piece doesn't have anything that it's supposed to say, the user can say that the piece says whatever they feel it says. And if the user is intellectually honest with themselves, they will understand that the meaning is being derived from themselves. The example that I will use for this concept is from um, some popular culture, uh, from Daredevil, the the live action one. You know, the one with the the long hallway scene in the first season, and kind of stumbles a little bit throughout. But anyway. I digress. We're looking at the Kingpin from that series. So think about the Kingpin in that series. He's a very complex man. He's kind of broken in his own way. But what is interesting is that he has a favorite piece of art. And it's the crux of one of his most important relationships in that show. And so he has a favorite piece of art. And it's basically a white plaster wall with some dots on it. It's really kind of uninteresting in a sense and it doesn't really say anything but what is why is it his favorite piece it's his favorite piece because it reminds him of his past it takes him back to those times and it allows him to in his own way intellectually resolve his past traumas now, I say intellectually resolve. Those traumas are never really truly resolved as we see in the show. But I digress. The thing here is that the meaning of the piece is a derived meaning rather than an embedded meaning. And this is important when one is talking about the nature of you know whether the art is good or bad. But that is something that we will wait on explaining until another time. But this is a... This is a relationship that comes from a piece that is focused primarily on either um, primarily on individualization. Because to be sure, there aren't very many artistic pieces that are basically just a plastered wall hung up on a hung up in a museum, and so it is individualized in that way. Um, although that's more of a trick, in my opinion. Um, basically, whoever was selling that thing was very good at uh, that flim-flam. Uh, basically saying, well, it means this, and it means that, and it means this, and it means that, and you should and you should pay me six figures for this thing. Um, but I digress. The element of that is that the, the meaning is derived 
and so it is not extremely clear. Every other per every person who looks at it has a different interpretation of it, and because that piece, I dare say, is not even all that extremely stylized, it it's not really even all that compelling. Most people will kind of be like, "It's a wall." Why? Why? Why does this exist? I don't care that this exists. It's a wall. And, you know, they'll stop right there. And it's kind of like the three blank campuses in the Pompidou Museum. The art of that is, of course, that it is in the Pompidou Museum, not the piece itself, because there isn't really any um, stylistic technique being applied to this thing. I mean, you could say that juxtaposition, because it's three blank canvases, which could be interpreted as three blank uh, three blank panels, but there's nothing to really direct you towards that interpretation. So that answer is not really embedded in those three canvases. Rather, it is derived from my own perception of those blank canvases. And of course, there's also the infamous toilet seat on a wall. You just put a toilet seat on the wall. This is what we would call low effort, um, low effort art, but I am, I am loath to even describe that as art. But I digress. We're going off on a little tangent here. The point is, a piece, abstract art, is the example of a piece that leans extremely towards the concept of style and eschews away from the concept of embedded expression. Um, specifically the idea that the piece has something specific that it's trying to say. So, leaning in the opposite direction, what do we get? Well, um, if we lean in the opposite direction of where we're all expression and no style, we create a technical document. And the, the whole deal being that it is nearly impossible, I say not near, uh, not entirely impossible, but if the technical document is done well, it is nearly impossible to interpret it as anything other than what it says it is. And, you know, it's like, I have a table that I bought at Ikea, and there's instructions to put it together. You don't want that to be stylized. I mean, you're still utilizing artistic acumen because you're representing reality within the within the manual because it's very likely that you are using pictures of the screws being screwed in and pictures of the table legs being pushed in and arrows indicating how and why, how and where. Um, but, you know, not necessarily with the statement of why... You're, uh, like, you're never necessarily going to be asking the question of why <clears throat> any particular instruction in this technical document is depicted in the way that it is, because that answer is self-evident. It is depicted in the way that it is so that you can build the table. It, no other real reason. The embedded answer is very, very clear. And... So that is the that is the concept of an item that is all expression and no style. And of course, the purpose is very pragmatic. It's to tell you something very clearly. Um, it's part of the reason why there's specific way there's you can speak in a very dumbed down way 
And there's a reason to do that. There's a very, very good reason to do that. Um, and I could go into a tangent about lawyer ease and how that leans into a form of stylization that obfuscates and is intended to obfuscate even while it pretends to be extremely clear. But that's that's more of a personal gripe I have. So I'm just kinda gonna leave that there and say that if you're gonna do if you're gonna do agreements, just do them in plain text. It makes things clearer and easier and gives a little bit less wiggle room. Well, theoretically. Anyways, so that's the that's that kind of push and pull there. And when looking between the abstract art and the technical document, we can very clearly see the far ends of the relationship where one allows uh, one creates a certain amount of uncertainty to the point where one remains focused on the item and ruminates on it as they try and figure out something about it why it's there, what makes it tick, what makes it compelling, or to repeat the question, why is it there? Whereas conversely, the technical document, it it tells you exactly what it is. It is what it is on the tin, and it's going to do what it does, and then you're kind of done with it. And so that is that also elucidates why you need both when you are working with art, where the style encourages the user, or the viewer in this case, to linger on the piece and to contemplate it, because the style in general will obfuscate elements of the expression such that it becomes a riddle. Uh, it becomes a little bit of a game as you're trying to figure out, well, what is this saying about things? It's not presented in a normal manner, so there must be some reason that they've done it this way. And the embedded answer gives you an answer to that riddle, something for the person to go towards. And within the piece, within the brush strokes, within the color choice, within the nature of the shapes and the line work are clues towards that embedded answer. Now, that isn't to say that all pieces meet their intended answer from users. The, that whole concept of the death of the author looms, where you will have a piece and the author intended for it to mean X, but all of the embedded clues in the piece point towards Y. And at least for the greater populace, that's what they're going to interpret it as. Now, there's another element there that we'll get into a little bit later, which is specifically the concept of engagement, which I haven't really talked about here all that much, but it is actually extremely important when we're talking about the resolution of the embedded answer to the embedded question. That is, in other words, the resolution of the, of the expression from the style. But we have dithered here long enough to restate the initial statement. While style and expression can exist in equal measure 
and be equally glorious within a particular piece. Generally speaking, style takes away from expression, and expression takes away from style. And the goal of an artist is to be able to ramp up style and ramp up expression in equal measure without losing either. This goal is quite possibly impossible to achieve, yet it is a very valuable one to reach towards, or at least by the nature of our human condition and the fact that we value art so much across the ages, I suspect that it is a very valuable thing for us to reach towards. So without further ado, uh, we're going to wrap this one up. And I'm not quite sure what the next thing is going to be. We could talk a little bit about the concept of derived expression or um, versus embedded expression, but I believe we've already touched on that today. I think next time what we will be talking about is that concept of engagement, that invisible fourth part of that statement of art is. Why I say fourth part, because the first part is the name, art, art's name, art is art. The definition, which comes in two parts, the style and expression, or rather art is stylized expression, and then the invisible fourth, which is the interaction of the user with the art. And that is the engagement, and that is what we will talk about next time. Until then, play the games you want to play, boyos. Toodles. <laughs>